What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Elevating Your Potential podcast, where we enlighten middle school and high school student athletes about the realities of college sports. Today, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things, um, a lot of very, very important topics, ranging from starting a business to minority and female empowerment and much, much more. And we have a great young up-and-coming business person who I draw a lot of inspiration from personally. She's doing a lot of great things with her businesses, and she helps people here um, at SMU as well with getting started with their business. So she's going to be great. Um, her name is Camille McCallum. Camille, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for having me. I really oh, appreciate it. Sure. Yeah, we're super excited. Um, so can you start out by telling the audience a little bit about yourself and what you're currently doing? Absolutely. Um, so as Jeremiah mentioned, my name is Camille McCallum. Um, for work, I am an entrepreneurship advisor at Southern Methodist University. Um, so I get to help students, college students, to start their own businesses, help them get funding to run those businesses, and help them find mentors to make sure that their businesses run really smoothly. Um, I also run a business incubator space at SMU. Um, and so I work with people from all across our networks to help them them get their businesses off the ground and to help them grow. Um, I am also an entrepreneur myself and have a company in that same incubator. Um, and so I run two uh, companies. One is a nonprofit called Model the Way, where we are focused primarily on just helping the youth um, to learn more about entrepreneurship, to learn more about um, economic mobility, and just really growing so that they can build um, a, a great foundation for themselves and their family when it comes to um, financial wellness. Um, and I also run the Black Woman on a Mission brand, which I'm wearing right now with our oh, resilience crew um, and so Black Women on a Mission is all about empowering resilient Black women um, who are out here just doing the dang thing, which we already know. Um, yeah, and so it, we just it. wanted to create a brand that really spoke to them and that really highlighted and uplifted them and uh, let us all kind of be on the same page in solidarity with one another. For sure. So we're going to get into all of those different um, topics and different endeavors that you have going on. But I want to start with this this idea of entrepreneurship. Um, we hear that a lot in the world today, but to you, what does that really mean to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think um, the first thing that I really think about when I think about entrepreneurship is really about risk. Uh, because I think, you know, a lot of times I thought that entrepreneurship was Number one, the reason why I was attracted to it was because of autonomy. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted to be in charge of my time. I wanted to be in charge of my money. I wanted to be in charge of, you know, how much time I put in and how much money I got out. And so I really wanted to be in control of my own destiny, basically, which is why entrepreneurship was really important to me. But I think the other really important thing to understand is that entrepreneurship, there's a lot of risk involved. Mm -hmm. um, because you are putting up your own money to get something started, or even if you're putting up somebody else's money, um, but you are having to put up something to get started. You have to have all the skin in the game. You have to really put yourself out there, um, you know, and put strategies in place and hope that it works. Um, so that's why I think it's really important when it comes to entrepreneurship to have mentors to like get a good sense of what it is you want to do and how you're going to do it before you get started so that that way you can minimize your risk and make sure that you don't end up putting a lot into something and not getting a lot out. Right. Um, and so there's 
you know, so many books that you can read and people that you can talk to and things that ways to educate yourself on this. Um, but that's the kind of the first thing that I always love to tell people is that there is a risk involved. You know, yeah. it's not the same risk as if you, you know, are like playing shooting dice or going to the casino yeah. where it's just like a hundred percent risk. Like, you know, you just really don't know what's going to happen, but, um, but you know, there is risk involved. Like look at coronavirus, you know, all these people who owned restaurants and who are great entrepreneurs. And it's like, they had no control over the fact that there was going to be a pandemic and people were not going to be able to come to their restaurant for, you know, some months. So just understanding that there is risk involved and that you are the primary risk taker. Yeah, so I want to continue with this thought. So you talk about risk. Um, so mm-hmm. when people hear that, it could make them a little scared to move forward. But for you and like other people, how do you help um, get over that risk? Like why is it worth it to you to assume that risk and move forward in entrepreneurship or starting a business? Absolutely. One is that I have like 100% belief like in myself, like number one, <laughs> number one. Um, and so, and not just in me alone, but like in my team and the people around me, like in God who, you know, like sustains me and guides me. Like, so I have 100% faith in my ability to succeed. Um, but then, right, the onus becomes on me to say, like, I know that I have the ability to succeed. I know I have the potential. Am I going to put in the work? Yeah. only I can decide that right. um and so I just made up in my mind that like this is the work I want to do mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna have to work for a living regardless so mm-hmm. I would rather work for myself I would rather put in the work because that way I know that if it fails you know for a reason that's inside of my control that will be 100 percent on me if mm-hmm. it fails for a reason that's outside of my control that's okay too and I can try to you know account for that risk in the future and try to start again um but I like the fact that it's on you to do. So to me, that's why assessing the risk is a totally personal thing, right? Like, because there are some businesses, right, where I wouldn't go so high risk. Like, there's a um, a brand that I really admire called God is Dope. It's an apparel brand. Does a similar thing to what I do, but on a much larger scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I just read their statistics, and I think this year they sold, like, over a million items. Wow. Um, which is crazy, right? And it's like a God-centered brand, like, you know, it's ran by Black people, like, just really, you know, very tit-for-tat with something that I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the owner of that took all of his life savings, which was like $25,000 at the time, and went and bought 5,000 t-shirts to get started. Wow. And then had to sell all 5,000 of those t-shirts. That was a big risk. Because mm-hmm. he could have bought 5,000 t-shirts and not been able to sell them and then just been sitting at home with 5,000 t-shirts and no money. Mm-hmm. But he got out and he said, if it depends on me, I'm going to make it happen. And he went around to everywhere he could go, college campuses, you know, churches, everywhere, selling these t-shirts until he made his money back and more and had enough money to really, you know, scale his business. So that's somebody who started out taking on a ton of risk because they believed in themselves and they could do it. Mm-hmm. Now. I believe in myself and I just <laughs> Right. <laughs> so so that's what I'm saying. Like and that's the beauty of entrepreneurship, right? Is like it mm-hmm. depends on you. Cause for me, you know, I didn't have twenty five thousand dollars to start. I had about five hundred dollars to start, you know, and that allowed me to pay for a photo shoot, a couple of shirts, like maybe ten, right. you know, and then, you know, some things to set up my website and that sort of thing. So I started very at the basics and then I just built my way up from there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love that about entrepreneurship too, is that you can start with 
everything or you can start with nothing, but you can always make something happen. Hey, oh, that leads right into my next question. Let's go a little bit deeper into that. So you said you can start with 25000 or 500 So I know a lot of times what stops you from moving forward is the money piece. So how mm-hmm. much, like, does it, do you have to have money at all to get started um, with your business and your business idea? No. I would say it depends on what your business idea is. Mm-hmm. And also, if you need money for your business idea, find an idea first that will help you make that money. Oh, go. You know what I mean? It. Let's go. Let's go. Go into so, it. Right. So say that you need, say you need $500 to start a business, right? Or let's just say you need $100. Like, you know, you're in high school, you're just trying to do something on the side. You just need $100 to get started. Okay. What can you do for free? Okay. You can babysit. That's one thing, you know? Okay. You can what? Mow lawns, rake leaves, like find you something that you can do that you don't need any money to start make your money and then go do that thing that you wanted to do but now that requires you to be responsible because once you start babysitting and you start making your you know twelve dollars an hour and you know you're working with your little kids and you get your little money up okay you can't go into the store you know spending all your money at the mall that you just made if you're trying to use that for your business idea once you get to your business and you start making some actual profit, then go to the mall and have a great time. But while you're trying to build, you know, be frugal, be responsible. Oh, that's perfect. That's good. I like the that you have the discipline piece in there as well. Um, mm-hmm. So how early can someone start the entrepreneurship journey? So a lot of our students are junior high and high school. Can they start around this time or even sooner? Um, absolutely absolutely um i recently at smu just participated in a high school pitch competition where i got to serve as a judge and there were students from all over dallas um who had come to smu for like a summer camp and worked on their business idea but most of them were already in business and it was you know things that they wanted to do like i remember there was one boy who did custom air force ones so you know, he would either have people bring him their Air Force Ones or he would have them pay an upcharge, you know. So say Air Force Ones cost $100. He would have people pay him $200 and then he would go buy the Air Force Ones for 100 paint them or draw on them however he would do and then give them back. Yeah. So it's like he turned that $100 profit just off doing that. Um, there was another boy who sold pecans. He like lived on a pecan farm and he sold pecans. He sold pecans all the way to the state fair. Um, so I've seen kids in high school, even my youngest sister in high school um, started working on um, an apparel brand as well. Wow. Um, and so I think, and when I was in high school, I was always just hustling, like just always finding ways to do things. We would throw little events, you know, just finding any ways that we could try and make some money so that we could do the things that we wanted to do that's all that it was about you know it's like you don't live to work you work so you can live Mm -hmm. so it's not about you know just like work 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 all the time it's about what end result are you looking for Mm -hmm. what do you need to get to that end result like that to me is why entrepreneurship is so important because at my job they have already told me how much they're going to pay me i already know that like and i'm grateful Thank you. But, <laughs> but you know, I already know how much I'm going to get paid. But it's like in entrepreneurship, it's like I decide how much I'm going to get paid because how much I'm going to get paid is directly tied to how hard I'm willing to work. Mm. You lay right into my next question about how hard you're willing to work. So what type of mindset does it take to, because I think sometimes 
we let the um, nine to five like mindset. We want to be an entrepreneur, but we still have the same mindset of I'm here to clock in, clock out. When it's nine o'clock, I go in or at school. We're talking to high school students. I go at eight thirty and leave at four. And when I leave, I'm done. There's nothing else I need to do. I might have a little homework here or there, but it stops. Right. But when we're trying to start a business, what type of hard work and mindset and mentality does that take to actually make it succeed and get where you want it to go? Um, it takes a, you need to like, like what you're doing. Mm. That helps a lot. Mm. So let's take a, a kid, for example, like kids love video games right? Like, or TikTok, like, you know, you can just spend hours on TikTok, like scrolling through videos. I know, because I have done it myself. (laughs) You know, but it's like, you're kind of having an enjoyable time. Like, whether you're playing 2K or Madden, or, you know, whether you're scrolling through TikTok, or, you know, Snapchat or whatever, it's like hours and hours and hours can go by, and you're never like, dang, man, I've been on here for four hours. Like, I probably should, it's time for me to clock out. Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) You're never trying to clock out of watching TV. You're not trying to clock out of being on your phone, like that sort of thing. So find something that you like doing as much as you like doing that. And then you won't be in the mindset of like, oh man, I've been doing this for five hours. Like I should stop now. Because I know for me, like I've tried a lot of different business ideas, some that I really was passionate about and some that I thought like, oh, well, this will just make me a quick $5. Like, you know, I'll just try something out. But what I found is that the things that I'm the best at, the things that I'm most consistent at, the things that it's easy for me to be disciplined at are the things that I love to do. So then when I'm doing them, I can look up and it can be two o'clock in the morning and I'll be like, dang, I didn't realize I've been working on this all night. But it's because I'm not watching the clock. You know what I mean? Like I'm watching the project. I'm trying to make sure that you know, my website looks beautiful. I'm trying to make sure that, you know, people are getting good customer service. I'm trying to make sure that the quality is high. I'm trying to make sure that, you know, I'm communicating with everybody on my team to make sure that, you know, we're getting everything that we need to get. Um, When you're looking to make things better, there's always something to do. There's always room to improve. There's always work to be done. So when you're passionate about that, it's easy for you to see you know, those little things here and there that need to be done versus kind of like when you're just kind of chugging through something to just like, you know, be done with it. You're just trying to press, you know, you're just trying to upload that assignment by the deadline. When it comes to entrepreneurship, it's not like that. It's like every day you're just working to make it better because that's ultimately helping you. Like you are the direct beneficiary of your work. Yeah. You know, when you work hard, it's like, you see it, you see it in your bank account. Like, you know, you see it with, you know, your followers growing, you see it with your name recognition growing, like, so it's all about, like, what's your hunger for that feeling, like, what's your hunger for that personal growth, mm-hmm. um, because that is good, what's going to grow your business. Yeah, that's such a great example on the TikTok videos, and not having a clock in, clock out mindset with that, just translate that over to something else we're passionate about, mm-hmm. that's really good. Um, this might be a tough question for you to answer, but I say, hey, might as well ask and see um, what you have for us. Um, how can students leverage their experience in like K through 12 or whatever grade they're in now and use that to help them build their business? That's why I asked that question. Because I think a lot of times when um, students, I know when I was in school, I'm thinking, why am I taking this math class? Like, what is the purpose of English? Why am I taking social studies? or any other electives they might be taking, how can they use what they're learning now and actually translate that over um, to their business or whatever idea they have? 
I would say number one is that high school gives you a foundation for life, right? Like all the things that you're learning, whether they feel or seem relevant or not. Like I know that I was in a physics class and um, I learned how to play Tetris in that class because I certainly didn't learn no physics. Um, (laughs) And I remember being in that class and thinking like, I don't need this material. Like I'm not good at science. We're all aware of that. Like I've been aware of that, it's fine. I don't necessarily need this material, but I needed, you know, an advanced physics credit on my transcript, which later helped me in college where I went to college and didn't major in nothing science related. Not even sure I took a science class. I think I took one biology. And, but it was like, that was a stepping stone to get me to the next place. It helped me build a relationship with my teacher, you know, Mr. Begno, wonderful man, who was also the track coach. And then when I went and ran track, he would help me. You know, because I was in longer races and he was a cross country track, a cross country coach, but I was like running the 400, running the 200 and I was fast, but out of shape. Mm. So, so it was like, he helped me like pace and he helped me do that. And so we were able to bond over that. And what I got out of it was not necessarily physics, but I got a personal connection with somebody who was able to help me in the future. So I think sometimes like when you're in classes, like sometimes the lesson you're being taught is not always a lesson that you're meant to learn but there's always a lesson there. So, um, you know, do what you have to do in school because ultimately, like, once again, that's helping you get to the next place that you want to be. Like, you want to be a high school graduate. You want to go do something else with your life. So if for no other reason, like, use that to get to that point. Like, everything is all cause and effect. So it's like, do what you have to do to get out of high school, but also, like, recognize that everything that you're learning, like, it comes back around again, like, I know there were books that I read, um, in, like, 11th grade that changed my life, like, I mean, they just opened my mind to the world in a way that I could not have even imagined, but imagine if I had been closed off to that class, and if I had said, like, oh, I'm just not gonna do the reading, like, I'll just show up, and I'll just, like, piggyback off of whatever somebody else is saying, so I can get my participation credit and go on about my life, like, but because I participated in that class, I learned things like about the world, about life, about myself, you know, and about how to advocate for myself because we would have these group discussions and, you know, people would say things and I would be like, I wholeheartedly disagree, you know, (laughs) you know, but I was able to have that conversation and we were able to grow as a class because people were participating. Um, So I think, you know, just look out for the lessons everywhere. You know, even now I, uh, as a, an adult, you know, I'm always listening to a podcast like this or, you know, trying to watch something on the news or see something on social media that's going to teach me something that I can use later on. And I don't know when it's going to come up again, but I know that, you know, there's a lesson in everything and we have to continue to be um, lifelong learners. Perfect. Perfect. So I have one more question about like kind of general topics for our student athletes, then we'll get a little bit into what you're doing and how you kind of built what you uh, what you started. Um, you've mentioned mentors a couple of times in the beginning. Why is it so important to have a mentor, maybe not only in business, but also in life? Man, a mentor is just somebody who's already done what you're trying to do. So, you know, all of us, we're in the year 2020. The world has been here a long time. Mm. Nobody is starting from scratch. And when you do that, you're not taking the best route. You know what I mean? Like 
they're like think of like your parents as like your first mentor you know whether they're good or bad right or wrong but they're the first people in your life who are guiding you and think about how the world is already set up that way everybody comes from a mother everybody you know has a mother and father and we're already being grown from the time that we're born. So why would we think that that needs to stop just because we're getting older? Mm. What you need is more influences that are trying to do different things that you're trying to do. Like your parents have already been a child, so they know how to get you through childhood. They know how to get you through teenagehood. But, you know, maybe your mom is not a doctor and you want to be a doctor. Okay, well, then that means your mom can't teach you how to be a doctor. She's never been one before, but you can get a mentor who is a doctor and they can help you and they can tell you this is the way to go. You know, well, I tried this and this didn't work out or that didn't work out. Um, and they can give you a fresh and a new perspective. So when I was in school, I always played sports. Um, volleyball was my main sport. And my coach literally is still a mentor to me to this day. Mm -hmm. Like, I never thought that I would be working in education, never, but I am, and he's an educator. His wife is an educator. So sometimes like, you know, where I used to rely on them for stuff like, man, how do I get this next spot on the volleyball team? Or, and he taught me about work ethic and he taught me about discipline and he showed me that I could be rewarded for my work. Like he was one of the first people who was literally like, nothing on this team is going to be handed to you because nothing's going to be handed to you in life. And I wasn't used to that because I've always been really smart in my classes. So it felt like things were being handed to me, like I was earning them, but it wasn't hard. This was the first thing that was like, oh, you have to climb a significant hurdle. Like, if you want to knock a girl out of her spot, like, she's not just going to give it to you, and neither am I. You know, you have to work for it. But he taught me that lesson. You know, he would hear me say certain things around school, and he would be like, do you think you need to be talking like that? And I'll be like, hey, it was like certain things like that where he would just call me back to myself and he would be like, do you think that's helping your witness for Christ? Like, do you, mm. do you think that that's doing anything for it? And I would be like, you have to hit me right there. Right. <laughs> you know, but it was just like certain things like that where like, you know, your parents are not at school to watch you, but like, he was that person who was there like, hey man, I'm just trying to help you be the person you said you wanted to be. Right. You know, I'm not trying to make you nothing different. I'm just trying to help you. You said you wanted to be a good person. I'm just mm -hmm. trying to help you with that. Yeah. You know, so I think it's the same way now. Like, I'm 26 years old. I have mentors for everything that I do. If you see me doing something, I'm talking to somebody about it. I'm not just doing, I'm not just out here going rogue, doing it on my own. Mm -hmm. um, it's no reason to do that. And you're always going to go the, the, you're always taking yourself the hard way when you do it that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I'll, I'm right there with you. I have mentors for, every sector i talked to dr ferguson at least once a month to yes. <laughs> help me through a lot yes. of the stuff that i'm going through as well um so that's great you have recently or oh, you're finishing up writing a book yes called, i'm done, I'm done. No, you're done. okay you're done perfect we're good good um the power of infinite potential so what was the purpose and driving force behind writing and ultimately publishing that book Absolutely. I've always wanted to write a book, always been a writer and, and wanted to write a book. And so I got the opportunity to do so this year, actually through my job. Mm. Um, and so my boss was able to get me into a writing program and a, a writing and book publishing program. And through that program, we had a ton of mentors um, and editors and just helpers along the way who helped us figure out what is our important message we want to say? And for me, my most important message that I want to say is really about 
one number one we all have unlimited we all have the potential to be anything to we all have greatness in us i truly believe that mm -hmm. um but the second thing is that you have to use your potential with a purpose mm -hmm. and so i think that purpose is the compass for potential you know it, it takes your potential and it just guides it in the right direction you know what I mean? So that's really what the book is about. It's really about discovering your purpose and tapping into that potential so that you can run hard and fast into the direction that you're meant to go. Um, and so that's really what I wrote about. And the book has so many stories of people who are finding purpose or who have found purpose and who are really running to the to the brink of their potential um, because they, they, they have that purpose in mind. So I really loved and enjoyed um, writing the book and it's really just meant to empower and inspire you to really take your potential and activate it with purpose. Yeah, I think it's so interesting as I see the title of your book and then like the power of infinite potential, mine is elevating your potential and how yeah, like kind of on the same like wavelength with potential. I think that I thought that was interesting and crazy, but I noticed your book, I like the way you said your purpose is a compass for your potential. I've never heard it put that mm -hmm. way before. Um, so yeah, that's really, really good. Um, let's see, look, help you with your business. Well, honestly, I feel like the book, number one, when you're writing about potential and purpose, you have to practice what you preach. Mm. So there were times that I was going through my businesses, I'm working on them, I'm trying to make them better, and I'm getting discouraged you know, maybe something didn't work out how I wanted to, or, you know, things aren't moving as quickly as I wanted. And then I'm steady writing in my book, like, yes, you have to just go with your potential and achieve your purpose and like, you know, work really hard and blah, blah, blah. I'm saying all these things. And I'm like, do you believe what you're writing down? Like, are you faking and blogging right now? Like, what is it? And so I would have to have these like, motivational talks with myself where I was like, this is what you believe. Like, this is your belief. You can do this. Like, get back to work do it. Um, and so it was just all about that mental self-talk. Like that's what the book is about. Like the book is basically like, you know, just me whispering in your ear, like you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And I had to do that to myself, you know, because when you're in business, you're going through things that are hard, you know, it's like everything is on you. So you have to just figure stuff out. Um, and I couldn't allow myself, if I got discouraged, to give up. I just had to keep going. And the book really helped me with that because as I was writing it, it was constantly reinforcing to me the fact that if I don't give up, I'm going to reach my potential. If I don't give up, my purpose is going to be there for me and it's going to be upholding me. Um, so I just really stayed true to the message. And that really helped me in, in my businesses so that I would make it through the hard times, honestly. Yeah, for sure. I love it. I love it. So with Model the Way, and as much detail as you want to go into, what are some topics, I mean, you said financial empowerment and financial literacy, but at, at its core, like, what are you trying to get accomplished? Or what are some of the, like, if you want to give, like, an example of something that you will go over, like, what would that be? Yeah, at the core, like, some of the things that we do are just, like, business basics, especially for students um, in high school. We just go over kind of, like, business basics. If you want to start a business, here's, like, the five things to think about, you know, and how to get started. What we really, what our real mission is, is to really fill in the knowledge gap. 
for people of color, for people who come from low income backgrounds um, on what it means to be in business. If you go in the store and you look at something like Hans Ketchup, okay, Hans Ketchup has been around for like 150 years. Mm -hmm. So what were people who look like us doing 150 years ago? They wasn't starting no business. No. (laughs) So when you think about how much knowledge is lost from a group of people who have only really been free to do what they want to do, to be in charge of their own bodies and of their own lives for a very short amount of time, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of missing information. And so what I seek to do is go find that information, you know, go get some of it and bring it back to our community for free. Um, so it's not about like, right, you can go to an Ivy League institution, you can go to Harvard Business School or, you know, Yale Law or wherever, and you can get that, you know, 1775, you know, breadth of information. Um, but if that's not a possibility for you, if that's not accessible to you, if that's not available to you, then I'm trying to go get as much of that information as I can from wherever I can and bring it back so that people in our communities can have it. Yeah. So do you have like one or two places that's, that's like your go-to where you can get these gems of information to give back? The first is SMU. The first absolutely is SMU because as a faculty member and also as a student in the MBA program, I have access to professors. I have access to libraries. I have access to so much information. And so I work on educating myself in every way that I can so that I can bring that back. Um, to the community um, that so I really start universities are my big one um, I work with Southern Methodist University and I also work with the University of Mississippi which is my alma mater where I went to school um, so that's really where I have been starting is in the university setting and then also with my mentors as well I really rely on them to help me kind of decipher what's important to tell people perfect and for someone who might not have like the re- the resources yet that you have are there any any place that you can steer them? Any websites? Any sort of books, possibly? Yeah, I would say like one great book is the Lean Startup. is a great book um, about just kind of getting started with the business. Um, it's a little bit jargony though. I would say another place to go is just like your local SBA website, like Small Business Administration. Mm-hmm. Um, go on there, poke around, just start reading. Um, start reading what's out there for people like you know my grandma used to say you know they hide everything from us in books like read you pick up a book and read it Um, go to the library check some stuff out like walk through the business section and like you know my husband um, is uh, MBA is in MBA school and works in finance and one of the things that he was doing when he was trying to transition was he started turning on the Bloomberg business channel and just watching and so now he says, like, when I first started watching, it felt like everything was in Chinese, but now everything makes sense to me because mm-hmm. I just stay consistently trying to learn what they're talking about. Right. Um, so just, like, commit yourself to learning, commit yourself to knowledge, and the more of it that you seek, the more of it you will find. Yeah, that is so real because you, it's interesting you said Bloomberg. So SMU, um, I'm saying this to everyone so that you all know, like, there's resources right underneath your nose. So I have a passion for finance as well. So I actually went through like the Bloomberg certification program that was like two yeah. to five hours. And I was like, my mind was blown from a lot yeah. of information I was given. So everyone, you have resources. Ask your teachers, ask your counselors, your principals, 
they will help and assist you. They, it's not as far away as you think. This information right. is right beneath your noses. So yeah, that's really good, Camille. Um, so to your last business, um, mm-hmm. your business inspired my household because my wife, she's like, man, I love these hoodies. Um, oh, yay. We have a child coming, so we have to kind of watch the <laughs> watch oh, I do right understand. now. But she's like, I really want one of these shirts or hoodies. So kind of tell us, um, number one, where, I think you hit on it earlier, but why, like where the passion comes from. Um, and then second, what do you want women, especially black women, to understand and get from the movement that you have going on right now? Yeah, I, I think number one, like, you know, I started this business because I believed in it and I thought that it would work. And I will tell you where I kind of got the inkling that it would work was I actually was wearing this sweatshirt which I got from Range Beauty that says, Minding My Black Woman Owned Business. Mm. I posted this on Instagram and about 20 people commented under my Instagram post and said, I want this sweatshirt, I want this sweatshirt, I want this sweatshirt. And I thought, interesting that y'all would want that. Like, I obviously wanted it too, because I wanted it. (laughs) Right. That's very interesting. So that like, something about that just stuck in my mind. You know what I mean? Because I had to my knowledge, couldn't remember a time where I ever posted anything else and people really commented under it like, oh, where'd you get that? Like, I want that bad. So that told me that there is a demand for it. People want it. I'm sorry. That's, um, a, that's a gym. We can't just go past that one. Go into more <laughs> detail about identifying where there's a gap um, in yeah. like the market and like you thought like, okay, this is something I need. Go into that a little bit more. Yeah, like the number one reason that businesses fail is because they create a product that nobody wants. I did not make that up. That is a statistical fact. Um, So lots of times people create things that people don't want and then nobody buys it and then they be sad. So what I saw before I even literally had an idea in my mind was like, I had already found something that people want. They were telling me they want it. I was not speculating about whether or not they want it. I wasn't guessing. You know, I wasn't looking at some random study somewhere without like, you know, the people that I have access to. It was literally like, these are the people who would be in my target market. They are telling me that like, they want, you know, apparel that's about themselves. You know, it's black women. They want things that that speak to themselves. And so I just kind of like marked that down in my mind. You know what I mean? Um, and, I, and I think too, like for kids, if you're in high school or something and you're thinking about starting a business, look around. What do people need? Like I knew, I know at every one of y'all schools, there's some kid with candy in his backpack and you're trying to come up to him to buy some candy. Like, yes. Yes. you know, that kid, that kid's thinking, you know? So it's, it's all those type of things. Like what do people need at school what do they you know what do you find that people are always asking about or asking for like you know and can you provide that for a small fee you know um that's the first way to start identifying every time you like are like man i wish i had x you're identifying a gap you know you're identifying a place where you could fill in and make some money um So that was the first thing, was that I noticed that there was a demand for this type of apparel. And so I just kind of like held on to that, didn't really do a lot with it. It was just more so of a thought. And then I 
had a dream. <laughs> like, I know it sounds like spacey, but I had a dream and I just saw black women on a mission. Like, in, like literally, I saw a purple sweatshirt that said black women on a mission. And I was like, <sighs> like, from that point on, it was like passion. Like, I was like, I have to like get this out of my head. I have to make it happen. Yeah. And so what I did, the front of the shirt says resilient. And what I did was I got on Facebook and I asked my audience, like, what's one word that you think of to describe black women? And this was the overwhelming choice was resilient. I didn't tell anybody it was going on a t-shirt. I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. I was just like, I just wanted to hear what they had to say. And so once again, I used my audience mm -hmm. to help me decide what, to give them because ultimately when you're in business, it's not about you. It's about the people that you serve. It's about your customers. It's about your audience. So, you know, I think sometimes, especially for me, um, like when you're kind of a, a more creative person, you're thinking like, Oh, I want to make this what I want to make it, but it's like, you need to make it what the people want. Otherwise you're going to have a lot of it and nobody else is. Um, so I, I went about it that way of like creating my product really at a base level of like what I thought people would want. Um, and then when I put it out there, the response was just so great um, that I knew I had something good on my hands. Yeah. And like I said, I started off small, you know, I started with just a few shirts, a few colors, putting it out there. Um, and I let it grow from there naturally and organically. And what I really wanted black women to know was that, you know, you are resilient. You are on a mission. This is what you already know. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you need to have that constant affirmation in your life. Um, constantly reaffirming who you are, constantly telling yourself, you know, who you are. And I think when you're wearing that, like you stand a little taller and you feel a little better, you feel a little stronger, you know, cause you're constantly reminded. And so that's really all that I wanted for black women was to like be in solidarity with one another. So now we sent out over 200 shirts all over the country, you know, that's 200 women now when they see this, like they know that woman is standing up in pride, like, and you know, people ask about it, they want it um, because they want to stand up in pride alongside them. So that's really what the brand is all about. Um, and I, I think it, it's great because it speaks to who I am as a person. Like I am quite obviously a black woman on a mission. Um, so I, I feel like it helps the brand because it's very authentic to who I am. For sure. And so you say you sold 200. When did you start? Like when did this idea kind of, so you started October. This is mm -hmm. date of recording is December 18th. Mm -hmm. So in two months, You've taken an idea and you started it to this point too. I'm sure it's going to easily be in the thousands and tens of thousands as we go. I, I, it's going to happen. I already, the, the amount of feedback that you have is definitely going to be there. Um, so this just lets you know that when you have an idea and you put it not just in your head, like you said, and you write mm -hmm. it down <clears throat> and make it plain and actually make it tangible, that it could, it could take off. So that's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I have one more question for you. Okay. And I'll let you go. So I love ask, I love asking this question. So let's say you had every I've asked you two different ways since we talked about two different topics. Number one, if you could talk to every business person and they all like you have everyone's ear that had an idea about business and wants to start, but it's kind of scared to take that next step, what would you tell them? 
there's a quote in one of my favorite books, uh, As a Man Thinketh, that says, he who has conquered doubt and fear has conquered failure. So I think that if you can't fail if you're not scared, you know what I mean? Because like, you, you have to, you have to try. Like, yeah. um, I think you just owe it to yourself, you know, to try. Well, you only get, one, you only get one life and like, you're the one creating it. You know what I mean? Like every day is just like grand, big opportunity, you know? So it's like, what are you scared of? Right. Like, what is the fear? And whatever it is, like conquer it, get over it mm-hmm. and get over it now. Right. You know, do not waste time being scared because that's like fear is just lying to you. Like fear is telling you that some other result is going to happen, but you will never find out if you do not try. Um, so that's what I try to remind myself, you know, because I get scared of a lot of things. But I always remember that quote, like he who has conquered doubt and fear has conquered failure. Stop doubting yourself. It's not being scared. Get up and do it. If it doesn't go well, start again. Like, oh, well, you know what I mean? Like, I love that saying that's like talking about like when a baby starts walking, if he falls down, he's not like walking isn't for me, you know, like (laughs) he just keeps figuring it out until he can walk. Like, you know, so that's, that's what I say. That's so deep because you actually reminded me of a book that I wrote. 50 Cent actually has a a biography out um, with Robert Mm -hmm. Greene. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, It's called The 50th Law. And so it's a rerun, it's 50 cents version of the 48 laws of, uh, of power. Mm-hmm. And the whole book is essentially talking about overcoming fear and that like once 50 cents, I mean, we all know 50 cents been shot a few times. His mom passed away. He said he's experienced mm-hmm. this. He's had a near death, a near death experience, which is the highest level of fear. So anything right. else less than that. It, everything's less than that. <laughs> what am I scared of? Right, so, right. I love it. I love it. And then my last one, kind of along the same lines, but to, um, let's talk to Black women. You're probably going to talk about resiliency, but like if you had every Black woman's ear in the world, um, let's say young Black women who, since we're talking to high school student, mm-hmm. uh, high school students and student athletes, what would you tell them? I don't know. I feel like I want to ask them more than tell them things, but um I can only speak from my experience, but I would just say, be confident in yourself and in your ability and seize every opportunity. And I, I mean, it's the same thing. Like life is like simple and complicated at the same time, you know, like at a base level, it's like pretty simple, like, you know, eat, sleep, that type of thing. But right. I think all the, all the time in between, like, do with it what you want to do. Even I have a, my sister right now is 18. She's in her first year of college. She's on the soccer team. She is a college athlete. Um, and, you know, she's figuring out what she wants to do. And every day I'm always telling her, like, go with what you're feeling passionate about. Go with what you're feeling good about. Because what I've learned in this life is, like, there's a thousand ways to in the same cat. Like, Go with what you want to do, and a lane will create itself in you, like for you. You know what I mean? Versus like trying to do something you don't want to do. You get there, you realize it sucks, and then it's like no amount of money that you make really can overcome the fact that like you hate what you do every day. So don't set yourself up for that. Everybody has to work. You know, set yourself up to do work that you love to do and that you feel good about doing. 
Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. I think that this podcast, no, not think. I know this podcast has been very insightful, um, not only to our student athletes, but to me as well. So Camille, thank you so much for taking time out of your day uh, to enlighten us about entrepreneurship, empowerment, and everything that you're doing. Everyone, I'm gonna put the link in the description. Everyone go to her websites, get the hoodies, and um, connect with her because I know she's doing great things and she's going to continue to do great things. So Camille. Yeah, feel free to put my contact information out and have people connect with me. Totally. Okay, cool. We'll talk after this and to see what exactly you want me to put on there. Okay. okay. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see y'all next week.